Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, Director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Mike Warby, the head of the University of Arizona's Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, and an expert on the genetics of viruses like coronavirus. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks, Tim. One question I wanted to ask is, what fraction of the cases can you get the genetic sequence on? How do you do that? The how you do it is is pretty straightforward. When you go in for one of these tests, like a, a PCR test, that test actually just tries to home in on a, a very tiny portion of the genome of the virus to tell you, yes, no, does the patient have the virus? That same sample can then be used to generate a complete genome sequence by amplifying many, many small regions uh, of the genome and stitching them together into a complete sequence. The virus is mutating all the time. I mean, that's why you're working on the genetics of it. What has happened to the versions that we hear about as the UK strain or the South Africa strain that makes them special enough to have their own name? These strains, uh, what may have happened in each of those cases there's a sort of signature of many mutations accumulating all at once that we think may represent evolution within chronically infected patients. So some patients don't have a fully functioning immune system. They can be infected with the virus and instead of clearing it within a week or so, they'll get infected for month after month after month and the virus builds up genetic diversity. And in both of those cases, there are mutations that are in those variants that look like they increase the ability of the virus to be transmitted and to infect human cells. A mutation like N501Y, which is the 501st amino acid in the spike protein, if it changes uh, from an N to a Y, that allows the spike protein on the outside of the virus to become much stickier, like sticky Velcro that allows it to stick to the outside of the cells that it needs to get into. That makes it more efficient at transmitting, and that has made both the South African variant and the British variant more highly transmissible, and it looks like also more deadly. Are the mutations we've seen likely to influence the effectiveness of the vaccines being used in the United States? The vaccines that are currently being used in the U.S., the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccines, they are very robust, even when faced with the South African strain. But the bottom line is for most people getting that vaccine, not only is it likely to protect against being infected, but the key thing here is probably all of the vaccines are going to still protect against severe disease, even if they aren't as protective against these variants and allow some of those infections to occur. There are other versions of coronavirus that cause other diseases like MERS or one version of the common cold. Is this mutation rate similar to what those are doing? Yeah. And in fact, there's four different viruses, four different coronaviruses that cause the common cold. Uh, and this new coronavirus that we're dealing with now, I think, is destined to become the fifth endemic coronavirus. And I think what's going to happen, I hope what's going to happen is once we've all had uh, our vaccines, this virus is going to be a much less scary virus, even if we never eradicate it. I think there's reasons to hope that it will just settle in to being a fifth virus that causes mild symptoms like these other four human coronaviruses. 
Now, does this mean that we're likely to need revaccination on a regular basis like influenza or will it be more like the common cold where it'll just be something that we'll occasionally get a little bit sick from? I think there's a good chance that we will need some boosters with this virus, maybe not on quite as frequent a schedule as with influenza. But once we throw the vaccine at a huge proportion of the world's population, that's going to produce a very strong selective force for the virus to come up with new mutations that sidestep those immune responses. Uh, and we, I think, will be in the sort of arms race uh, with this virus that we are with influenza, and that will require updates to the vaccine. Thanks for talking with us, Mike. Always a pleasure, Tim. This is Tim Smundle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.